Economics in the Spirit presents episode 7 of How to be a success Ordinary men living extraordinary lives The podcast that explores the messy nuts and bolts behind people's success Now here's your host S.B. Cole author of The Good Man Exploring Economics and the Spirit. So we're going to go on to the mountaintop section. Mm-hmm. When was there the moment when you thought, I think everything's going to be all right? Oh. You know, that's a, that's a strange one. It, mm, I've, in my life... I've had a lot happen, even in recent times. Like, there was no growing up injury, come out of hospital, okay, I've conquered this. Mm. I've, like, when, how can I, like, when I came out of hospital, I threw myself, again, trying to get back into the best life I could could live. Mm -hmm. Struggled with mental health issues. Mm openly admit that there's nothing to be ashamed of in that at all can I ask what they were I it in 2006 coming because I was discharged in September 2006 up until say let's say September 2006 until about 2008 mid about May or June 2008 I felt okay Mm -hmm. but I don't know why but something hit me it was like it was a bit like post-traumatic stress yeah okay it took a long long time for, for it to finally hit me and go you know what John, you are actually in a chair. You're paralysed. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it, was, it was loads of things. Like, I, I didn't feel like I was good enough. Really? I didn't feel like, oh, oh, God, yeah. I mean, I felt like I was the lowest of the low. Like, I, I felt like I didn't even belong in society. Why? It's, you tell me. I really don't know. It mm-hmm. was... When I got to... I got to, say, mid-2008, everything finally calmed down. Like, the novelty of of being freshly injured. Like, everyone treating you like a fragile object. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. when that goes away, then it's like, I kind of felt on my own. Yeah. Well, I wasn't. I was, uh, it was like one of those cases, it's, there's a million people in the room mm. and you feel alone. Yeah. And that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. It's like, that was an obstacle. So, you were saying about this, like, emptiness. Mm-hmm. So, you said racing is filling that? How, what, tell me about it. Was, it, it was, it wasn't until... It was 2017, Yeah. if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Like I say, and this is a long time after my injury, 11 years after my injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I've climbed up the ranks and honed my skills as a wheelchair racer. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I won the Manchester Marathon in my first year of being a competitive wheelchair racer in 2015. That's mm-hmm. when I started. I made my debut in March 2015. Mm-hmm. I went on to win the Manchester Marathon the Dubai Marathon in 2016, yeah. uh, Seville, I'm sure I won, and like you got the other, so I was winning these small races, local yeah. races, mm-hmm. but I went to New York, Yeah. just my second time in a New York marathon, mm-hmm. which is known as the hardest marathon course in the world for runners and wheelchair races. I didn't realise that, why? It's, the weather's never good, it's always cold there. Mm-hmm. Um, like wind can be a big factor you. if you're in an aerodynamic racing chair if you've got a headwind mm. slows you down and makes things hard mm. there's a lot of hills mm. technical course and I was 
I think there was 40 races, 40, 42 races in this in this event. And I was considered, I think I was ranked 25th in the world. Mm -hmm. So I was on the rankings, but I was not yeah. at the, the top end, if you will. Mm -hmm. And after the most hardest race I've ever had in my life, I came second. You came second? I came so second. You, how many were in all together again? I can't remember if it was 40, say 42. 42, you were ranked at 25. Mm -hmm. Hardest race you've ever been in. Yeah. And you got up by 24 places to yes. second. And the top, and out of these 42, the top 20 mm -hmm. were the top 20 in the world. So they weren't wow. just your everyday, like people just doing it for a hobby, for a challenge. These were the elitist of the elite, like number one to number. In num that country. Yes. Yeah. So... I was racing against the top 20, top 20 racers in the world and I crossed the line and came second and didn't just pip second place, mm. I had about a 30, I think it was a 32 second lead between me and number three. Wow. And that was the point where I was like, I'm on the international scene mm -hmm. and I'm beating veterans of this sport, people who have been racing for 20 plus years mm. and I've been doing this for two seasons. How did it feel? I think I cried for about a week. Really? Honest to God, yeah. I mean, there's a picture of me somewhere. I'm pretty sure you could find it if you look hard enough. I'm on the podium and I'm crying. I'm literally, I, I didn't know, like I say, my wife was with me at the time. Mm -hmm. She was in tears, couldn't yeah. believe what I'd done because, let's face it, well, you go there to support somebody, but in a in wheelchair race and anything can happen. There can be crashes, there can be punctures, there can be... but. I suppose in people's heart of hearts, I was ranked 22nd, so I probably shouldn't have even come in the top 10. Yeah. And it was such a shock that the the, the New York Association, Marathon Association, didn't even have a British flag. <laughs> they had to go to, I think, a stock room or a stock van, saying mm -hmm. what they had outside them, because the race finishes in um, Central Park. Mm -hmm. They had to run out, get a GB flag from their stock van for me to, to present to me on the podium. They didn't even have a GB flag handy. So was that one of those moments where you're thinking life is really working out? It was. It, that that was when I was thinking, you know what? I've I finally it's taken me twenty five odd years, mm -hmm. but I've finally reached a point where I feel like I belong somewhere. I'm I found my worth. Wow. Um Maybe you've already covered it, but can you tell me three greatest moments in your life? Three greatest moments in my life. I'll put it in this order. Meeting my wife. Yep. How did you meet quickly? Um, she actually used to, her mum used to work at the track where yeah. I used to compete, where I used to train. Mm -hmm. So her mum was welfare officer mm -hmm. and she came down for something to do one afternoon. Okay, and just started. Yep. So, number one being, well, yeah, meeting my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, number two would be that moment of relief when I realised my where my purpose in life was through athletics and meeting my wife. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, before number one even comes in, my kids being born. Wow. Next is the things I wish I'd known section, where John Boy is going to give us advice on how to overcome setbacks and why the bad days are the days that matter the most. Some days I don't even want to get out of bed. I can't be bothered 
to do the things I do. Sometimes I wake up and go, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. What do you do on those days? They are the days what matter the most and what count. Thanks for listening. New episodes are available every Tuesday. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on iTunes as it will help the show to grow. Finally, The Good Man, Exploring Economics and the Spirit, is available on audible.com now. If it's your first book, it's free. Thanks for listening and stay blessed. Stay blessed.